welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thank you, Sam, for joining, joining me on the podcast and being a guest. And this is kind of exciting for me because um, I knew you when you were very young, but I haven't really been in touch with you for a long time. So I'm glad to just to be able to do that and catch up. Um, so as way of um, introduction, I, I guess I'll talk a little bit about my connection to you. Um, so I've known your family from um, the same church, you know, where I attend. And um, even when you were just really young, um, you were in my uh, Sunday school class. <laughs> so th that's, that was uh, quite a while ago. And now, uh, from what I hear, you're uh, working in, in tech. And um, anyway, I looked at your LinkedIn profile just a little bit, and, and it looks like you're involved in tech, a lot of stuff that I don't know too much about. But anyway, um, how would you, um, you want to start off by just saying a little bit about yourself, about who you are as a person? Okay. Um, well, I, I'm afraid I'm not going to be probably as interesting as your other uh, interviewees. Um, I, do, I don't have a lot of experience in life like many of them. I looked at them. Um, obviously I'm pretty young, so I don't, I don't have a whole lot to talk about, uh, yeah. career wise, but right now I, I do work in tech, I guess you could call it. Um, and I just moved to Minneapolis not too long ago to work here. Okay. And how about how old are you right now? I'm 22. 22. Okay. And, um, what else about you besides your work um, that that's kind of um, you know descriptive of the type of person you are? <laughs> um, I don't know. I would describe myself as pretty average. I don't. I don't uh, do a whole lot, <laughs> especially in the winter. It's been too cold. So I just right. kind of stand inside, but I mean, um, I don't know. Um, I fish a lot, like to be outdoors. Um, I'm a Christian, obviously. Um, don't, not a whole lot to say. <laughs> Okay. All right. So, yeah, I was wanting to ask you about that, you know, as far as like being a Christian, because, um, you know, when I was more connected with you and familiar with you, um, you, um, you know, your parents were bringing you to church, so you didn't really have much to say about that. So now as I haven't really had much of a conversation with you now, you know, as from adult to adult. So I didn't just take it for granted that, you know, you were, um, that you identified with the Christian faith, but, um, anyway, I guess, but you're saying that you do, um, you're a Christian, then you identify with following Jesus and so forth, right? I believe that the Bible is true. And in that sense, I'm a Christian <laughs> and I believe that Jesus is who he said he was. Okay. Well, what, um, what are you saying by kind of qualifying it um, that you're a Christian in that sense? What In what sense are you not a Christian? Well, I've got a lot of faults, like, like most people. Um, but you work on them. So, I don't know. <laughs> Just, I'm not, uh, I guess I've got a lot of growing to do. Yeah, Not that, that disqualifies one from being a Christian, as far as I know. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, so, why do you believe um, that the Bible is true and that it basically is like a trustworthy source for truth about 
who Jesus is and so forth? Um, well, my logical thought process is that you can only come to your own opinions through your own experiences. And so um, just based on my experience living and seeing how ordered the world is, um, I come to the conclusion that there is a God um, because it's not random enough to, <laughs> to uh, allow for something like evolution to be true in my mind. Um, and then after that, once you determine that there is a God, you have to figure out which God is it. There's a lot of quote unquote gods out there that people have been believing to exist for a long time. So I guess that's more of the hard part. <laughs> um, okay. But I read, right. I read a book called why trust the Bible. And I think they give a pretty convincing argument that if you can establish with some historical accuracy that Jesus is who he said he was and that he did in fact resurrect, then you can also use that and his conclusion that the rest of the Bible is true to solidify the whole thing. So I, that's pretty convincing for me. Right. Um, that's interesting because I've been thinking about that recently. When um, I did this with Pastor Scott, that was his approach. Um, like, you know, why do you believe, why are you a theist rather than an atheist? And he said, well, it's, for him, it started. It starts with Jesus. If Jesus is true and who he says he is, then, of course, then theism is just assumed, you know, it just goes with it. But, and, and I do think that, um, you know, as far as Jesus, that he lived and that he um, died and that there was a resurrection. I mean, there is evidence for that. It's like, I guess it's historical evidence. It's like the main way you would um, refer to it. Um, but so I guess those who don't believe they would um, not be convinced by the evidence or they would um, say it's not substantial enough or something, but, but it is, um, it's not like totally empty of evidence. You know, there is, it seems like I've heard people kind of put together their argument and, and be really uh, pretty convincing, you know, but um so and you mentioned evolution um so so for you do you do you not believe in evolution or do you not believe in like um totally un you know no um design type of evolution like totally random meaningless type or do you believe in like more creation kind of like six days and so forth Um, I think that evolution, when it's, you start it off with the Big Bang, is just as much faith-based as any other religion. Um, like when you really get down to it, and I don't know a, a whole lot, I mean, I'm not an expert, but just from my perspective, um, when you get down to it and you say that there was matter that was so dense that it exploded, created everything over the course of billions and billions of years. What made the matter? Why was the matter there? It doesn't seem, it seems like you're using the same reasoning or at some point it has to have an origin. So, I mean, why wouldn't the origin be an intelligent designer? I mean, mm -hmm. just to say that it always existed kind of has just as much faith in it as saying something created everything, something intelligent and purposeful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. To me, it kind of seems like, I, I don't think anyone really thinks that 
something came from nothing. Like um, before the Big Bang, bang you know, th- those people would say um, it's kind of an unknown. It's not so much. So that's kind of like what people would point to as the beginning of the universe. But um, I don't think it's kind of like a, something from nothing. So to me, it almost seems like it's more of like what you were referring to either um, a totally um, meaning, you know, no intelligent, no intelligence, no design, um, just kind of meaningless uh, matter and so forth um, or an intelligent uh, uh, personal God behind it all. Um, on the one hand, if it was totally um, materialistic with no intelligence behind it, and it's just some kind of thing always existed, but then it's almost like, well, we, we would be kind of like uh, at the very top, you know, um, since we are personal and have intelligence and everything. Um, otherwise, it would you know, we live before a creator in creation and everything. For me, it kind of comes down to, so I listen to a lot of debates and um, I think just based on like reasoning and evidence, maybe based more on Jesus's resurrection, you know, if I had no experience of God, that's the way I would lean anyway. But um, my own experience with Jesus, just my conversion experience, weighs in to the whole mix for me um, because it seemed to me like a spiritual encounter where um, I, um, you know, like somehow it was spiritually communicated to me that I was forgiven and free of, um, you know, this was when I was 18, just a really low point in my life. And, um, and then just asking God to save me from what I had become without really expecting anything, but it seemed like an encounter with God to me. So that also is something for me that gives me uh, confidence. Like it seems like I've experienced something. There's more than just matter. And, um, and there's other reasons for thinking that there's more than just matter, but um, what, so for you, um, What's your personal experience as a Christian? Like, is it, um, is there like a, a spiritual experience that you, um, you live with or, um, what's it like for you on more than just kind of, um, reason based, but, um, experience, like, what's that like for you? I can't say that I've ever ex- had a spiritual experience or anything more than natural. Um, I I think for a lot of people and me, you just have what you have. And if you can't perceive something, then you can only do the best you can to make a model of it based on what you have perceived. So I don't, right. I don't know. (laughs) I guess is my answer. Okay. Sure. Um, well, one thing, um, I remember that you were very bright, smart. That's the impression I get of you when you were a kid. And, uh, I guess that kind of uh, plays into your um, your work because I think that the what you're doing now because I think you have to be pretty I don't know like um, logically um, smart so to say so to speak um, to to do well in a job like what you're doing is is that true do you think or or is it like a, that type of aptitude required to to do the type of work you're involved in now? I think anyone can do it. Um, I, in my opinion, there's, there are left-brained and right-brained people 
And mm-hmm. not that that, I don't think that that means that anyone who's creative can't be a statistician or vice versa. But I do think it probably has to do with if you're naturally good at something, you enjoy it more. And that kind of snowballs as you go on in life. You're going to gravitate towards the things you can do better, practice them, and get even better at them and enjoy it more. You know <laughs> you know what I'm kind of saying? So I, I guess yeah. I was just in the good at math camp and just went from there. Right. So do you enjoy what you're doing? Yeah, it's it's good. Um, as long as I'm learning, I'll be happy. <laughs> and uh, I get to learn a lot um, about the power grid, which is interesting. Okay, the power grid, huh? You mentioned uh, statistics and stuff. Do you work with statistics? Not really at all. Okay. <laughs> I don't do a whole <laughs> lot of math. Um, okay. Uh, I, I don't really know what I want to do in the future, but right now, um, the company that I work for, OSI, they make software that controls the power grid. And so hmm. it's kind of complicated, but in a nutshell, um, they'd sell it to a power company like Ameren in Missouri. Um, Ameren has all those big metal boxes that you see on the power lines. Um, There's sensors in there. And uh, all that stuff gets sent back via radio to some control center. And, um, you know, they have thousands of these sensors. And based on that, they kind of make a model of the entire power grid in their area. And if a tree falls on a power line, our system will say hey, we think the source of this outage for these people is probably over here because this breaker is open and the circuit's not energized. Hmm. So, I mean, that's that's what our company does. And then I, within that, um, oftentimes our customers, utility companies, will buy other software that does similar things. And so they need to, their software needs to talk with my company's software and I facilitate that talking, the communication. Okay. Hmm. So you work with, um, I guess, like programming and coding and stuff like that. I guess that when you got your hands in your work, that's kind of what you're working with, code editors and that type of thing? Yeah, I do a lot of <laughs> software. Um a lot of it is also communication and design and just uh, probably only half of what I do is actual software development. And the other half is writing down what the software does. A lot hmm. of documentation. That's a big part. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, I mentioned to you that um, I'm kind of, trying to learn web development. So I'm in been learning JavaScript, which is pretty challenging for me. Um, it seems like uh, just learning the, the new stuff. And then I've been learning CSS, which is not challenging in a logic or math type of way. It feels a little bit more like grammar in high school, like... Um, it's like this ain't hard, but it's just tedious. <laughs> and um, and at in high school, I didn't really want to learn it. Now I'm wanting to learn it, and I find out well, it's a little harder when I'm really trying to learn it. But it's still, um, and I do enjoy it more as I get more of a handle on it. But have you? Do you have any experience in web development? Yeah, I've I've worked with. Uh, a lot of web development type stuff um, just and a lot of I had an internship that was solely web, web development and I've made some websites for myself just for various reasons 
Yeah. Well, um, what's um, concerning your your life? Like, what's is there any particular thing that that you're really um, aiming for or stretching for or, um, you know, like what's the desire of your life? It's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. Um, I think at the moment I'd like to get a master's or a PhD. I'm not sure how to go about that. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. At the moment, I'm just living. And I don't do. I don't do a whole lot. I go to work. I come home. I go to bed. Um, but eventually, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, do you enjoy relationships up there where you are, like outside of work? Um, I've pretty much only met people through work. Um, I could stand to be more proactive trying to meet people and join something. Um, but I've met a few nice people at work and yeah. Okay. Um, well, what, um, is there been anything that's made a pretty significant impact on your life? Um, like any particular, uh, person or book or um, experience that kind of gave your life uh, a turn or impacted your life in some pretty significant way? Um, I'm not sure. Um, my grandfather died a couple of years ago, that was pretty um, bad to watch. <laughs> hmm. But uh, I don't, couldn't really say how it impacted my life um, other than him being gone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I had a teacher in high school that was um, very good. And that's probably why I majored in electrical engineering rather than some other engineering discipline. But I can't say that I would ever planned on doing anything else. Yeah. Um, well, when did, you know, you're closer to... Um, the growing up years. Hey, um, oh, there you are. I lost you there for a bit, but you're still there. Okay. <laughs> um, you're closer to the growing up years than I am. So just from memory, you know, this is all pr- more fresh for you. But um, I guess what's it like growing up in um, a church? Um, or community, um, you know, with adults, like, um, how could, um, what would have been good for adults to be doing or, um, any particular ways that adults could have been interacting with you or investing in your life when you were a kid or, um, just anything like that, that would have been appreciated um, anything come to mind? Um, well, I have excellent parents. <laughs> um, very blessed by that. Um, I guess you can never encourage your kids too much as long <laughs> as it's, uh, as long as they're doing something good. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I would just say, and, Encourage everyone around you, um, but most of all your kids. <laughs> and and why do you, does the encouragement? Um, why is it so important? Do you think? Well, I mean, kids are constantly learning. 
everyone's constantly learning, but especially when you're a kid, you're constantly learning. You're taking in a lot of information and kind of sorting it out and building your own worldview, right? So mm-hmm. um, having any sort of feedback is a big, big help. Um, I mean, you you can set someone in front of a puzzle and not tell them how to do it, and they'll probably figure out how to do it. People are smart, and they can learn things unsupervised, but if you also give them a light and switch the light on when they're doing something correct, they're going to solve the puzzle a lot quicker. So I guess that's just kind of how I view it. Right. Huh. That's, um, I like your illustration. Yeah. Cause, um, I know encouragement feels good, but, um, yeah, maybe it has more importance than just feeling good, but helping someone to grow by, you know, as they're trying helping them as they're trying to figure things out. Um, so what, um, what do you find uh, just really satisfying if you think back, you know, like over a typical week, um, is there anything that you do, like any routine or or anything that you enjoy or do or so forth that it's just uh, you find just very satisfying? Um, I I get a lot of satisfaction out of um, finishing things at work. Um, that's a good amount of satisfaction. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that I find particularly satisfying just uh, living up in Minnesota is uh, recently it's been warmer, like above freezing for the first time in months. And um, so the snow kind of melts and then refreezes overnight. And you get up in the morning and everything's got that really shiny gloss from the ice. And that's just, yeah. it's really nice to look at. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, are you getting used to the cold weather or, do you, or would you rather kind of be in a warmer climate? <laughs> I, I, don't, I got used to it as a little bit, but I'd, not enough to want to live here. <laughs> for the rest yeah. of my life that's for sure yeah and you don't work remotely you have to go into a, pl- a place to work is that right um our company's policy i believe is that you in your first year have to go in at least three days a week and then after that it's kind of up to your manager um but for me and my manager, they've been very flexible, and I have kind of worked from home whenever I needed to, like if it snowed or I just haven't gone and worked from home if it was like negative 15 in the morning and I didn't want to go outside. So right. it's been very nice in that respect. Yeah. Um, are you into books or movies or what kind of media do you do you enjoy or take in? Um, I like reading. I've read a lot of books this year compared to previous years, um, just because I guess I've got a lot of time up here. Um, lately, I've read um, a couple of interesting books. I've read... That uh, Why Should You Trust the Bible book, that was really interesting and insightful. Hmm. Um, Now I'm reading The Case for Christ. It's got kind of a lot of the same logic as the other book, but it's um, it's a lot longer, so there's a lot more detail. And, And the writer is very good. He presents it in an entertaining way, so you can, you can kind of read it very quickly. Um, then I've read read some 
nonfiction. I don't usually read fiction, but I've read a book on problem solving called Wire Your Lights Off. That was really good. Um, what kind of problem solving? This is just general problem solving. And um, hmm. the upshot of the book was you have to know what the problem that you're solving is before you can go and solve it. And that's the biggest mistake people make. Um, so he gave a lot of fictional examples um, and then kind of analyzed how newer problem solvers, as he called them, uh, would go about them and try to fix them, but it wouldn't actually fix the root cause of the problem. And this could be just any kind of problem, like mechanical problems or relational problems or or just anything, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the book was pretty Um, open-ended. He gave a couple... The structure of the book was kind of that he walked through an example, one problem at a time in in a chapter. And so, I don't know, for one example is that um, a lady was in overseas and she was stopped by a bureaucrat because she was missing a paper. And, um, I mean, he just kind of laid out the different ways that different people might try to solve it. Like, the lady could blame the bureaucrat for losing the paper or she could try and explain make something up, some excuse, or she could try being nice to him or <laughs> whatever to get out of that jam. And um, the, the point of that story was that that particular story was you don't, as in her position, you don't really know what, you're not the expert, you don't know what the paper is for, so, um, and you don't know the person that you're dealing with who they are. So in that position, you should kind of make it your goal to learn that, learn that stuff and not be presumptuous and immediately blame it on the other person. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else as far as books? Um, I read one from our company library called Intelligent Automatic Generation Control. That one was good as more academic, pretty technical. <laughs> um, Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. That was interesting, though, for me. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also read a book about CRISPR, the gene editing technology, and that one was more like a layman book. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about biology. It's very well written and easy to understand for anyone. Yeah. Are you involved in church up there? Yeah. I I was not involved as much as I should be probably, but uh, I go. (laughs) Okay. I should, uh, I should take initiative to talk to more people and, and go to, groups and things like that, but uh, that's my bad. So um, from your perspective, what would you say um, is the good life? Like, how would you describe it? I um, I listened to podcasts and I was listening to the Veritas forum. And um, I think there's a couple, they had like a offshoot podcast and it dealt with that topic. Like, what is the good life? <laughs> like, how would you answer that? Like, and when talking broadly, like, you know, if you look back over your life at the end, um, how would you describe a good life? Um. Well, you can't generalize it for everyone. I I think you can only answer that question for yourself. Um, But 
if I had to answer it for myself, um, I would say there is no definitive measurement for how good your life was. Um, <laughs> if, if you're content, you're content. That's just a mindset. There's nothing you can point to and say, this is why I'm content. I don't think for me anyway, um, you just kind of have to force yourself to be content. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for, you know, you're giving me your thoughts on things like that. Just bringing all these questions on you. <laughs> um, so is there, um, you know, before we wrap up, is there anything that um, you would like to bring up or do you have any questions for me um, for just a topic for conversation or, or just anything like that? Well, I'd like to know your thoughts on the last question, just out of curiosity. Yeah. Um, well, this is just kind of off the top of my head too. Um, though I've had like, since I'm 54, I've had a lot longer to, you know, to think about it than you, but, um, I think as humans, you know, we were created for connection with other people. So I think um, that's one element of a good and satisfying life is uh, that connection. Now, I think people are different in that. Um, it could be that um, some personalities can be kind of more, um, you know, content and satisfied being, uh, you know, spending more time um, focused by themselves on some kind of work they find interesting or something like that. And, you know, and some types of disciplines, you know, do require um, a lot of focused solo time, you know, but just in general, just broadly speaking, I think humans were created to be in connection and that's a satisfying thing. So, um, and then I think, um, you know, from the Christian perspective, um, that grace, um, so this is what I've been, th this, just, um, being f forgiven of sin and being accepted before God, it, it just really means everything. Uh, it kind of means, um, that I can, I belong in this world, this creation, you know, it's God's creation and I belong here. He smiles upon me. Um, he, it makes everything okay. So that, um, also I think is a part of, um, you know, what makes life uh, satisfying. Um, it's like, um, and that's a growing type of thing. Um, because I think I'm still trying to discover that, and uh, it's still making an impact on me. And um, it's, you know, so it's like whatever the, the problem is, um, um, you know, this could fall away, that could fall away, this could go wrong, um, I could be dead tomorrow, whatever it is. Um, if God's for me, who can be against me, you know, if my, I'm in his hands. So that's another, just experiencing God's grace, being in connection with people. Um, one other thing might be um, being, uh, enjoying the present moment. Like people t nowadays, they talk a lot, a lot about mindfulness and stuff like that. And it kind of, it kind of resonates with me a little bit about as far as, not being so caught up in what I'm going to do or concerned about what I did, but rather to be able, even in the mundane things of life, like just walking down the street or just doing something simple to be able to enjoy, um, that moment and, um, whatever it is, that's pretty satisfying for me when I, I take time to do it, um, rather than being in a, a rush and just it all, be about getting things done 
which really doesn't matter in the end um, too much. I mean, yeah, we need to get things done, but um, it's almost like life just sweeps by, you know, and you, you miss it that way sometimes. But anyway, those are just some rambling thoughts, I guess. <laughs> How do you enjoy doing whatever it happens to be that you're doing? How do you enjoy walking down a street? Well, today, um, it's, I know this sounds a little bit, uh, weird maybe, but, um, just even the simple things like, um, the breeze perhaps, you know, on my, uh, that's blowing past me or the sun, feeling the sun on my back or the way my feet form to the concrete and, or the grass and just how, um, that feels just, I think there's something pleasant about just being present in creation and just not like, uh, you know, taking a break from like striving to get something done, but just kind of uh, being still, even when you're not still, like if you're walking or doing something. But um, so I think it's little things like that. Um, when in conversation, um, taking time just to consider this is a living soul right in front of me, you know, and looking into their eyes and, and, um, and just taking a moment to feel what that's like, that connection, rather than it be about a goal or something like that, or, um, driving, um, you know, taking time to consider the sky or the ice on the ground, like you were mentioning or something like that. I guess it's just kind of like taking time for it. Um, and it sounds like really like just uh, focusing on simple things, the experience of being present, I guess. Does it sound kind of, uh, I forget, like a hippie-ish or something like that? <laughs> well, you're not always experiencing something that's good, like talking to someone or... Mm-hmm. feeling a breeze how do you how do you enjoy something that is physically unpleasant like stress or even pain are those mm-hmm. is that time just wasted is all the time that you've been in pain in your life is that time just gone or do you think you can enjoy that too? That's a tough question. Um, I think it, I don't know if you'd call it enjoyment. So like when I'm in pain, I want to be out of the pain. Is that time wasted? I don't think it's, I don't think it's wasted. Um, if it's using, if God's using it some way to grow a person, I mean, it take for me. It takes pain in order for me to lean into God, and um, and I feel like I've been really battered by circumstances that have been used for my good. Um, but um, it, I think it can help with pain, like as far as physical pain. Not that it makes it enjoyable, but it can help to rather than trying to run from it to. Um, to focus on it a, a bit or just to consider what does this feel like? Like, uh, so I do that when I have a headache, which is not too often, but um, I just kind of start thinking about, um, cause like there's one thing to do is like, how can I um, somehow not feel this? It's almost like running from it and you can't. And it's um, to me, it seems to make it worse than if I just consider there's these my body is, you know, doing something with the nerves. What does that feel like? And just taking a, a moment to be interested in it a little bit. Um, or if it's a muscle or bone or bruise and just kind of, um, considering my body's a pretty marvelous thing. Um, this is, uh, consider how this is feeling, you know, right now. And it's, it's supposed to, you know, maybe, be feeling that way for a purpose or maybe 
my body's out of whack and I'm not supposed to be feeling like that. But um, that doesn't, that helps a little bit. Maybe Um, it doesn't, it's not really answering your question though, because um, it's not making it like enjoyable. But um, so the only, but I don't think it's a wasted time because I think um, God uses um, difficult times for our good. Um, So for me, um, I don't, I think that's caused me to grow more than anything on difficult times in my own life. So I don't think they were wasted, but they certainly weren't pleasant. Hmm. Does that answer your, your question kind of? Yeah, I think so. But you get out, you're investing. You, you're thinking of it as an investment. You're going to get something out of what you're experiencing. I don't think of it at, at the time necessarily. Sometimes I do toward the end of it, but um, it's more like in hindsight, uh, maybe. Or, you know, there's like a particular relational type of situation that's been really rough. And um, it causes me to lean hard into God and to seek him and and, and stuff. And that's caused me to grow. Um, But um, that's not what I'm always thinking about. Um, like I've, it's just kind of what I observe, I guess, over time. Do you think you can, do you think it's possible to grow, be better, enjoy mundane things without experiencing unpleasant things? Um, I don't know. I think maybe experiencing the unpleasant things kind of can help you appreciate the other things, the mundane things or the times when you aren't feeling pain and everything just feels all right in the world or you feel all right where you are. Um, but I don't know if I can answer the question. Um, could you enjoy that without experiencing the pain? Because um you know, because I don't know what it's like to go without pain. I don't think none of us <laughs> really do, you know. Um, yes, I don't know. Hmm. Oh, I don't know either. <laughs> Have you, um, like, heard people refer to, like, mindfulness, mindfulness meditation and stuff like that? Not really. Okay. It's kind of like along these lines, like mindfulness meditation is just kind of like taking a moment to um, a few moments or whatever, just to um, not be caught up in our thoughts about, you know, like if we are caught up in our thoughts, we're kind of like not here presently, but if we um, just kind of settle into right where we are and and if when a thought comes, we observe our thought and say, oh, that's a thought about that. Oh, that's uh, this or whatever. And and it's just kind of like being present. And it's kind of like a little bit of a unique experience because um, we're just not like that too often. Normally, we're caught up in our thoughts, it seems to me, or I, I seem to be. and um, And I don't you know, really spend much time in meditation, but, um, just kind of learning about it a little bit has caused me just to try to kind of be more present in my regular mundane things, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, so you're wanting to go for a master's, um, degree. Is that right? I'd, I'd like a PhD if I can get one. I don't really know if I'm qualified for it, but I, I think I can figure it out if I tried hard enough. <laughs> yeah, and is that mainly because you you enjoy learning and growing? 
Yeah, I think it would be really cool to actually get paid. I mean, granted, I don't know anyone who's getting rich while they're doing their PhD or, or living super comfortably. Yeah. But, you know, you're you're taken care of and all you have to do in return is read and write about what you read. I mean, <laughs> research. You're getting paid to right. research something you en enjoy or something that you're very interested in. So it seems like right. a good deal to me. <laughs> yeah, it does. So um, I guess just to wrap up, where would you like to be? And um, well, let's see. You know, let me ask a different question for wrapping up. Um, what would you have told your younger self if you could have gone back a few years? You don't got a whole lot of years to go back in. <laughs> but let, let's say you went back a few years. Is there anything you would have told your younger self? Um, said, hey, be doing this instead of that? Or um, I guess it's another way of asking anything you wish you would have uh, done different so far? Or are you pretty satisfied with the track you've taken? Uh, I would have said uh, listen to people more, uh, work a little harder, <laughs> slack off a little less. I definitely, yeah, I could have done better, um, but I'm not angry about where I'm at or anything. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Where would you like to be in ten years? Um. I don't know. Um, closer to family, probably. Um, yeah. As far as what I'm doing, I don't. I don't really care. Uh, so long as it's interesting at the time. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Sam. I really appreciate the time. It's been good to talk with you and and just kind of get reacquainted with you. So thanks a lot. Thanks for being a guest on my podcast. Yep. Thank you. It was it was interesting and thought provoking. <laughs> yeah, you did a good job. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> you have a good evening and um I guess so I guess we'll wrap up right here. All right. You too. Bye. Bye.